we're going to do things a little bit different tonight. If you don't mind, if you do mind, we're going to do things a little bit different tonight anyway. So, <clears throat> Psalm 76 and verse number 1. I want to read one verse and then you can be seated. Psalms 76, verse number 1. See if anybody's familiar with this passage of Scripture yet. In Judah... is God known. His name is great in Israel. In Judah is God known. I want to preach to you tonight. It's an essential ingredient. You may be seated. Second Chronicles chapter 5, beginning with verse number 1. Second Chronicles 5 and verse 1. It's amazing how we profess to be apostolic and have no program, and then we switch things up, and everybody struggles to get their bearings. Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in all things, all the things that David his father had dedicated, and the silver and the gold and the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant, the Lord, out of the city of David, which is Zion. Wherefore, all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast, which was in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came and the Levites took up the ark and they brought up the ark and the lap and the tabernacle of the congregation and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. These did the priests and the Levites bring up. Also King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel were assembled unto him before the ark, sacrificed sheep and oxen, which could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, to the oracle of the house, into the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof above, and they drew out the staves of the ark, that the ends of the staves were seen from the ark before the oracle, but they were not seen without, and there it is unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables which Moses put therein at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. And it came to pass that when the priests were out, were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not them wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph and Heman of Judah, of Judathan were there with their sons and their brethren being arrayed in white harps stood at the east end of the altar and with them and hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets so Solomon has completed the building of the temple everything is in place all of the instruments are in place all of the individuals are in place everything is in order Everything is as it should be, if you will. 
But I want you to notice as much as the things were in place and as much as the people were in place, something was still missing because as of this point, nothing significant or nothing supernatural has happened yet. They've got everything in order. They've got everything in place. They've got the furniture. They've got the instruments that are supposed to be there. But at this point, it's just a house, if you will. It's just a building. It may be a spectacular building. It may be very impressive architecture. But at this point, it's just another building. Verse 13 says, It came to pass... As the trumpeters and the singers were as one. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music. When they lifted up their voice, it wasn't just the instruments, it wasn't just the music, but it was when everything got in one mind and one accord. It wasn't when those whose responsibility or duty it was to sing and play, it wasn't just when they did their part, but when the When there was one sound heard in praising and thanking the Lord, when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. It didn't take several different songs and it didn't take the right song. It wasn't about the tempo of the song it wasn't about whether or not it's an old song we used to sing or it's now a new song that we sing but everybody just simply got in one mind and one accord and saying he is good for his mercy endureth forever for he is good and his mercy endureth forever for he is good and his mercy endureth forever when the singers and the musicians and the congregation got in sync for he is good and his mercy endureth forever it wasn't when they got the temple built it wasn't when they got the instruments in place it wasn't even when they got the ark in place and it wasn't when the people got in place but it was when they all got in one mind and one accord and began to praise and exalt the name of Jesus that then Then, somebody say then, then, not before, we walk in and we wait for God to show up, then we respond. We wait for God to do something, then we do something. But it says that they first join together and begin to say, for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. And it was after that, that the house of the Lord or excuse me, that the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. We, 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 
I, I feel sorry sometimes for our musicians, for our worship leaders in particular, feeling the pressure of trying to get the right song, feeling the pressure of trying to find the right song that either, either the right song from God or hopefully the right song that'll push somebody's button and get them to do something because you know if we don't get your song, you know if it's been too long since we've sung your song, we, we, we might not get much out of you. But when they first dedicated that temple, all they began to do was just in one mind and one accord begin to declare that the Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. And when that happened, it doesn't just say that the presence of the Lord showed up but it showed up as a cloud and it filled the house and here's what the result was the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud for the glory for the glory for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God we've got the instruments we've got the singers we've got the we've got the furniture we've got the people we've got everything in place we've got the building we've got other buildings where we meet but the ingredient that is lacking it's not the building it's not the instruments the ingredient that is lacking is that for everybody to get in one mind and one accord and to begin to declare for the Lord is good his mercy endureth forever I know I've said it in some form or fashion once or twice at least the last couple of Sunday nights that I preach. But I've come to tell you again tonight, our praise is not something that is just an optional thing that we decide to do because it's what we do. It's not just about our preference. It's not just about our choices. But it is about the fact that we must be a people that knows how to praise because in our praise is God known and as a response to our praise God shows up I understand I'm reading to you one passage and I am not here to establish a doctrine but I am going to tell you from this passage it wasn't a prayer meeting that got God to show up 
It wasn't prayer that got God to manifest it, manifest himself in the temple. It wasn't an intercessory prayer meeting that caused the presence of God to show up. But it was simply everybody deciding that I was created to praise him. And praise is what creates some place for God to sit, for God to dwell. And where God dwells, something is going to happen. I'm a preacher. I'm called to preach. That's part of what I do but I got to tell you it wouldn't offend me in the least if we got into the presence of God and God showed up and the preacher couldn't preach nobody could do anything other than just step back and allow the glory of God to be manifested and for God to do whatever God wants to do Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm not trying to be offensive. This is the third Sunday night in a row, not third Sunday night in a row, consecutive Sunday nights but third Sunday night in a row for me preaching that this has been what I have felt in my spirit I promise you there's other stuff to preach I'm not lacking for other topics but I just got to tell you I feel strongly in my spirit that God is trying to restore something in us as a people God is trying to revive something the Bible talks about Isaac and that Isaac had to redig the wells of his father it wasn't a ma- it wasn't about getting new wells it wasn't about digging new wells but it was going back to old wells can i tell you i know there's some old wells at antioch i know there's some old wells from the past where there's water there may be some junk that's filled up the wells there may be some stuff that's been put in the wells but if somehow we can dig out the garbage of those wells There's still some water flowing in those wells. And I believe that if somehow we could get back to a place that we'd been in the past with unrestrained, uninhibited praise and worship, that we're not worried about what anybody thinks. We're not worried about what anybody says. We're not worried about what we feel. But it's simply about the fact that the Lord is good and His his mercy endureth forever. I'm, 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 not a, I'm not a cook. Thanks to the gift I received for my birthday a couple of years ago now. The gift of a big green egg. I'm dabbling more and more with cooking. My problem is I take much psychological abuse when I do it because my family all stands around and gawks and laughs at me when I'm mixing and I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not enough of a cook yet to really you know I I'm I'm just a novice. What I do know is if you're cooking there are, there's sometimes you may leave 
an ingredient out that there's some ingredients if you leave them out it really won't have a huge effect that unless you are really really knowledgeable those that are really knowledgeable might be able to recognize something is missing but leaving it out really will not have a huge impact but there are other ingredients that if you leave those ingredients out you don't have to be a chef you don't have to be an expert cook to realize something there's something missing there's something that was left out of this recipe and it's just not right. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm... I just got to tell you, praise is not one of those first ingredients that if we leave it out, You've got to really be sensitive to know if there's an impact. It is the other kind of ingredient that if you do not have it, it's going to mess everything up. It's going to throw everything off. I wonder how many times, I wonder how many times as leaders we end up pressing and plodding our way through a service, getting to a message and trying to preach and trying to deliver a word from God when we have left out. When there is an essential ingredient that we have just passed over. Well, it's 2017 and you can't make people do anything. It's 2017 and things have changed and, and you know, there, we, we've got this new, it, it's, we got this new form of worship that most of Christianity is familiar with. It's, it's sort of the funnel worship. You just, you create your funnel. For God to pour in. It's reserved. It's very calm. Because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to hurt anybody's feeling. We, we don't want to be labeled too crazy. We don't want think, people to think we've lost our mind. How can we have lost our mind? If anybody has a mind, the people that have lost their mind are those that don't understand the significance 
and the importance and the need, the necessity of being a praiser. That's who has lost their minds. Those that know how to get lost in praise. Those that know how to lose themselves in worship. That's not the ones that have lost their minds. That is the ones who have found their minds because they understand if I'm going to get anything, if we're going to get anything, if we're going to go anywhere, there is one ingredient that we must have because we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't understand. I don't understand how you can turn on a college or professional sporting event where whether it's a basketball game or a football game and you can see an entire arena. Young and old. All different nationalities, all different economic backgrounds. I happened last night or yesterday, yesterday evening, I guess. I forget what time it was on. Maybe it was after went to the Glen Burnie service last night, and maybe it was after that. I was sitting, just kind of relaxing for a few minutes, and on my iPad, I was watching. Golden State Warriors and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the significance of that game was Kevin Durant, who has played all of his career for the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball team, chose to leave that team and join the Golden State Warriors and become a part of their team. And so the fan base in Oklahoma City is not very happy with Kevin Durant because he betrayed them. It's amazing that if you're an individual, you can choose to get a better job, more pay, and that's okay, but they're not allowed to do that, right? I'm not judging. I, I, I've done the same thing. I, some of you know the name Mike Mussina. Used to be an Oriole, but we don't own him anymore because he sold us out and became a New York Yankee. <laughs> Lord, have mercy on his soul. (laughs) But you know what happened? Every time, every time Kevin Durant touched the ball last night, it wasn't one or two individuals. It wasn't 30 or 40 people. But when he touched the ball, an entire arena joined in one mind and one accord with a simple sound boo and as long as he had the ball they booed and when he took a shot and missed they stopped booing because then it turned into an entire arena of cheers And and, 
and we, oh Jesus. I know some of y'all are still trying to get your bearings. I know it's only 625. Some of you just got here. I've been preaching since 6. I know some of you know how to get here so you can miss a good part of worship. Just going to slide a good 10 minutes, 15 minutes in. That way I don't have to be too much a part of it. I'm switching it up with you tonight because by the time I get done preaching, we're going to worship. I don't, I'm not trying to make anybody mad. Maybe I am. Maybe I ought to get some of you mad enough to do something. I do not understand, I do not understand how an entire stadium or arena can join together where almost a hundred percent, a very small percentage of the people in that arena are silent and we get into an apostolic church where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is, where the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, which was, which is, which is to come, The Almighty, the Great I Am, the Great Shepherd, the Healer, the Deliverer, the Provider, the Lily of the Valley, the Bright and Morning Star, the Ancient of Days, the Creator, the Healer, the Redeemer, the Deliverer, the Almighty God is in our midst and we can't get the majority to join together and exalt and lift up the king of kings I don't I, I think I think I may have been in a couple of times in a service where it's to that point that God showed up so much that nobody could do anything. Nobody could preach. Nobody could, no, nobody could lead. Nobody could give order or directions or instructions because actually it just, it wasn't even needed because everybody had so much gotten into one mind and one accord that God was able just to break in and break out and there was no limitations on what He could do and how He could do it because everybody got in unison. I still don't understand. I, I, I believe that if right now, even in just a second, if I asked this congregation to go into intercession, that we would get a great majority that would tap right in and you would start interceding. But I could ask this entire congregation to begin to make a joyful noise, to shout unto God, to praise the name of the Lord, clap your hands, jump, dance, do something, and there would be a good percentage that would not be responsive to the very thing that is what gets God's attention the most. Let me just 
Let me just remind you or show some of you a little bit. Most of this will not be anything different or anything new. But can I just remind you a little bit of some of the power that's in praise. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 23. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. We know what spiritual bondage is like. We, we know what it means to feel some spiritual oppression. But these guys weren't just dealing with a feeling. <laughs> you, ever, you ever come into church? Boy, it just feels tight in here. Boy, it feels a little tight in here tonight. Feels and, and, and I understand the spiritual component and it very well may be tight in the spirit. But understand Paul and Silas, this wasn't about spiritual discernment. This wasn't about, boy, we're trying to have church and it's just tight in here tonight. No, it's about trying to have church and your feet are locked up and your hands are locked up. And you're not just in prison, you're in the inner prison. you're not just in jail. We've got you all the way in jail. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. I'm going to tell somebody tonight, you've done this part in your situation. I preach to some people tonight that you've done this part. But I want you to notice they prayed, but they did not stop with prayer. They prayed, but prayer wasn't all they did. They prayed, but then without instruments, without a song leader, without a worship leader, without a praise team, without anybody else, just two guys that were locked up with their feet fast in stocks in the inner prison, they begin to sing praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly... And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone, oh my, would to God, we could, they had it in a prison. Surely if they could have it in a prison, we could have it in a church service where there was such an outbreak of the Holy Ghost, of the power of God, that every individual that's walked into a service that is bound in some way, that every individual that's being held captive by something, that there could be such a breakout of the Holy Ghost that everybody's chains and shackles and prison doors would open and there would be a great victory. So I'm telling somebody tonight, if in a few moments, when given the opportunity, if you'll go beyond just another prayer meeting, if you'll get beyond just another time of asking God for something, but you will add to your prayer a dimension of praise. I believe there's somebody tonight that you're going to get a breakthrough 
that you've been waiting for for a long time, but not through another prayer meeting, but through a praise break. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I think sometimes we, we become comfortable with methods. We become comfortable with certain ways of doing things. I'm going to say it again. There's a bunch of us, we're more than willing to start binding and loosening. We'll start binding this and binding that and loosen this and loosen that. But when it comes to just having a good old praise breakout, well, I don't know about that. I'm not too sure that's going to do any good. Let me tell you something. If it could break literal physical bondage, If it could cause a literal, not figurative, but a literal earthquake to the point that prisoners. You know what's amazing about this? It was Paul and Silas that started praising. It was just Paul and Silas. But as a result of Paul and Silas, everyone... Everyone. It wasn't just the participants that got delivered, but it was everyone in the vicinity of the two guys that decided, I will not be held captive by my circumstances. I will not allow the situation that I'm in to restrict and limit my praise. I might not be able to move as freely as I'd like to move. I might only be able just to tap a foot because of the bondage, but I'm going to do whatever I I can do and as a response to them doing what they could do God provided the liberty to do whatever they wanted to do oh brother are you just you just trying to hype me up you're just trying to get me to do something you are absolutely right You're just, you're just trying to psych me into doing something. You're right, I am. Because for God to do something, there's a really good chance you've got to do something first. There are some times, there are some times in the Gospels where Jesus initiated the miracle. There were some times when he recognized the need and he went to the person in need and initiated the miracle. But what I find to be more common than that, I find a blind man that hears Jesus passing by and he begins to cry out, Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And when they tried to silence him, the Bible said he cried out out the more because he made up his mind I will not let this moment pass me by 
It's a woman with an issue of blood that's tried for 12 years to get some kind of deliverance who begins to push her way through the crowd and says, if I can just get to him and touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. It's four guys with a crippled friend that come to a house where Jesus is and there's a crowd of curiosity seekers that are gathered that they're really not that hungry. They don't really have any desperation. They've just come to hear what he has to say. But the problem is they are in the way of somebody that's got a made up mind that says if I can just get to him, I can get what I need. So rather than being turned away, rather than being discouraged, they decide he's there. There's people, there's things in the way. We're not going home. We're not giving up. We're just going to find out how can we get to him. Can you imagine what it was like to be sitting in that house and all of a sudden you hear something up on the roof and you're starting to wonder what's going on and it seems a little bit odd to hear and it's not just one person but I hear I hear a bunch of footsteps and I hear some clamoring around on the roof and then next thing you know maybe somebody got hit with a speck of ceiling that started to fall down and they realized something very strange is going on up there that all of a sudden the ceiling begins to open up and light begins to break through and then all of a sudden four guys begin to let down a friend that has a need because they made up their mind if I can just get to him can I tell you tonight the way to get to him is through the vehicle of praise it's not just another prayer meeting it's not just another time of intercession but it's time for somebody to add to your prayer some praise Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse number 15. I just, I say this with all due respect and reverence and honor. I, I understand I know what we know and understand as a church. But I got, I got to tell you, I am hungry for this passage right here. To become what we experience. Listen to what took place for the children of God. Second Chronicles 20 and 15. And he said, hearken ye all Judah. And ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, it's God's. But that doesn't mean you just sit back and do nothing. Tomorrow, Go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Mm. Wait a minute. It's a battle, but you don't have to fight. There's about to be a battle, but you're not going to be a part of the battle. 
stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Korathites and of the children of Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, they're getting ready to go into a battle. And look what he does. He appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army, (laughs) did you hear that? They went out before the army. I wonder how many musicians and praise singers and choir members we'd have. If we said, we're going out to battle tomorrow, we're going to war, we're going to war, but it's not going to be the strongest, bravest soldiers leading the way. It's going to be the choir. It's going to be the singers in front of the army. Now listen, if you're in the army, that's not a bad deal. You get a buffer. You've got some sacrificial lambs. Y'all go ahead, let's see how all this works out. If it don't go too well, we've got space between you and the enemy. And we're running. He gets the singers. He gets the choir. And he says, I want you to go first. And you are going to praise the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. You know what? You find that phrase used several times throughout Scripture. You you find several places where a group of people joined together and just simply said, praise the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. And what you find is in every one of those situations it got God's attention and God did something in response to the declaration that they made. Verse 22. And when, somebody say when. Oh, Jesus. Not after. Not after. Hello. When. When they began to sing, pray, to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments 
against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. When they began to sing and praise at the very moment, not as a response to, not after they did their part, but as they began to praise, God began to set ambushments. I just believe there may be somebody here tonight that it's not an army that's waiting to go out and fight for you in your circumstances, but God is just waiting for you to give Him a praise, and He is going to respond and send ambushments on your behalf, and He's going to take care of the enemy and you're not going to have to fight he's going to do the fighting for you as a response to your praise last last example last example second samuel chapter 6 and verse number 12 And it was told King David saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him. I don't know about you, but I sure would like God to bless all that pertains to me. I'd like God to bless all that pertains. All includes my wife. All includes my kids. All includes my health. All includes my finances. All includes every part of my life. And the Bible says that everything that pertained, everything that was connected to Obed-Edom was blessed. Because of the ark, because of the presence of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. But listen to the process. It was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. The way I understand this, the what I understand, if I'm wrong, somebody correct me, but what I understand this to be saying is that in the process of bringing the ark, the presence of the a presence of God home, they would pick it up and they would take six steps. And when they made six steps, they didn't just put it down and just give a little thank you, Jesus. Praise God. The Bible says that when they had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings every six steps. I think part of that was out of excitement. Because we've got the presence of God back. We're bringing it back to its rightful place. But I think it was also an understanding that this is what the presence of God deserves. It does not just deserve a token praise. It does not just deserve a half-hearted praise. But the presence of God is worthy of me giving everything that I've 
got everything that I have. Whatever I can do, that's what the presence of God is worthy of. And David, the king, danced before the Lord. Notice, he didn't just dance. He danced with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Micah, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Oh, I may get on some holy ground. Not real holy ground, fake holy ground. Come on. Come on. Can you just, can, would you just sit still one service? <laughs> would you just do nothing one service? Why, why is that? Why is Brother Barr? What, what is he, why is he always? What? Some of you are up in a window. Looking down. How, how come? Why can't you just sit down one time? Can't you just take a break one service? Won't you just do nothing one service? She despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of burnt, of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of all flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed everyone to his own house they didn't get fed and they didn't drink until there was a good praise service and david excuse me verse 20 then david returned to bless his household and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, this, this, in case you're missing the sarcasm, in case you're missing the sarcasm here, she was not complimenting him. How glorious. Little smirk. How glorious was the king of Israel today. Who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. It's kind of interesting the attitude, the judgment that is passed from the non-praisers on the praisers. 
kind of amazing the attitude of the non-praisers to criticize the praisers. Could it be that it's the condemnation or better term, the conviction that the non-praiser is feeling but doesn't respond to the right way that causes them instead of joining with the praisers to begin to judge and criticize the praisers. Can I, can I just, I've said this in the past, let me just, in case you've never heard me say it, can I tell you that probably about 99% of the time that I praise and worship, I feel absolutely nothing. I've said it before preaching, I'll say it again tonight, I, I, I beg God to do me like He does some of you. I see some of you, I don't question, I don't doubt it, but I see some of you, the Holy Ghost gets on you, and it's like you just picked up a, 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 a cord standing in a mud puddle. You just picked up a live cord standing in a puddle of water. My God, you got hucking and bucking. Some of you ladies' hairpins start flying like daggers coming out of your head. I've even tried to help him out a few times and start to shake. Seeing. Come on, God. I won't even make you start it. I'll start it. But if I'll start it, how about you tap into it? Excuse the grammar, but it ain't never worked. But I decided a long time ago. My praise is not about me. My praise is not for me. Therefore, what I feel or what I don't feel is irrelevant because it's not about me. It's about Him. I don't need to feel anything to bless the name of the Lord. I don't need to feel anything to praise the name of the Lord because whether I feel anything or not, He is worthy of my praise. It's not about me, Jesus. It's all about you. It's not about me, Jesus. It's all about you. You're the one that's worthy. You're the one that's deserving of whatever I can give. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of the servants. As one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. 
And David said unto Michael, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here. It's not about what you think. It's not about your opinion of me. Because in my heart, I know that what I did was before the Lord. I know that what I was doing was not an attempt and an effort to bring attention to me. It was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, will I play. Brother, brother, uh, brother Hemus has, uh, has connected with a group of, of, of some Jewish folks in, uh, in England, in Liverpool. And apparently they did this at, uh, at the reception. Matthew and Deandra, Matthew's brother Hemus' eldest son, Matthew and Deandra were married in uh, Indiana. And then when they got back to Liverpool, they did a reception for the folks in Liverpool for them there to celebrate their wedding. And, and they did this at their wedding, but also at, uh, at uh, Haley's wedding uh, last week, Haley and Boston Young's wedding last week. This, this group of, of, uh, of Jews at the reception, they, uh, they put the, uh, apparently this is custom, there's some of you that know all the details of this, so I please understand, I acknowledge I am... I am uh, very ignorant. <laughs> but they explained what they were about to do and they had, the, they had the bride and the groom each sit down in a chair. And then they had young men come around each of those chairs and hoist those chairs into the air with the bride and the groom sitting on them. Every now and then I caught a glimpse of a face that was a little uncertain. Because they were holding them all at shoulders height and they said that that was customary and they did that because what they were doing was lifting that couple to God. But then they formed a circle around them and they joined hands and they began to play some Hebrew music and they began to dance around them. In honor to God. Bishop said this before and I, I remind you. I remind you. Most of what we do is not about being Pentecostal. Or apostolic. It was long before Pentecost. That the scriptures say. Praise the name of the Lord. In the dance. It was long before Pentecost where it was said to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We somehow have made this about being Pentecostal and apostolic. It's more than about that. And they said their part of their dancing was an expression of their joy, their happiness. So David said, I... Get it, get this now. This is the king. You don't like what I was doing? 
I will play. That's why every now and then it gets a little out of hand, but most of the time not. That's why there's nothing wrong with our kids dancing and children dancing and running and jumping. They may not understand intellectually what it's all about, but they understand what it means to play when you're excited. Some of you claim to be excited, but you don't play. He said, I will play before the Lord. Brother McGuckian, I don't, is Chester here tonight? Is he working or is not working, 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 not just working the sound booth? It, it, Brother McGuckian, I'm not really sure that Chester and a couple of these other guys are aware that they are not the originators of the chest bump in church. Back there in that old gymatorium. I can remember the days when Brother Allen McGuckian and Brother Kevin Zinn. I guess it wasn't a chest bump in those days, but it was the origination of it. That those two guys, you could see them and all of a sudden they'd come running toward each other. And they'd jump in the air and with both hands, they'd high five each other. I'm sure there's a few folks that look at that and go, that's so silly. What's silly? It's not silly. What the problem is, it's sad that you've never had anything get a hold of you that caused you to want to do the same thing because of what God was doing. I will play before the Lord. And if you think what I was doing was bad now there's a word that used here that has a different connotation today than if you look up this it doesn't mean vile in the sense of vile but he said i will be more vile than this i you thought that was something i'm about to take it to another level And then I I find this next phrase to be interesting. I will be base in my own sight. I don't want to overanalyze this here. But what that says to me is that David was saying, everything I've done so far that you have a problem with, I'm comfortable with it. I'm not embarrassing myself in the least. You're judging what I've done, and it's all within my comfort zone. But just to show you how serious I am, I'm going to go ahead and get outside of my comfort zone, and I'm going to even become base in my own sight. I wonder when the last time most of us have gotten out of our comfort zone of praise and decided I'm going to do something even different than I'm used to doing. I'm going to praise God in a way that may be even a little uncomfortable for me (laughs) 
And of the maid servants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Now listen to this last verse. And I have done my best to study this verse and to make sure that what I think is implied here is the truth. I have done my best. I am, I, I've studied it to try to make sure what this verse says to me is accurate. Michael who sat in the window and was displeased at what David did. And then who was, it wasn't enough that just in her heart she was judging of him. She now opened her mouth to him to criticize his praise. Verse 23 says, Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. I don't know about you, but the word therefore to me kind of means because. As a result. So if I could say it like this, as a result of what has just taken place in the verses before, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. What it implies to me, what this verse seems to say to me, is that a criticism, a judgment of praise, will produce barrenness. A judgment and a criticism of praise will cause you to be unfruitful. Now here's the good news to me. God doesn't operate in just one side, especially the negative. Mm. So if a criticism, if a judgment of praise will produce barrenness or unfruitfulness, then the flip side is, oh, Jesus. The other side of the coin would be my participation, my cooperation with praise will therefore, will therefore produce fruitfulness in my life. So I wonder if we may have any barren folks in this place tonight that there's some aspect of your life in which you've got some barrenness that if you would just get yourself lost in some praise God may very well open up the womb of your life and allow some things to be birthed afresh and anew in your life
I'm done preaching. I preached to you what I felt to preach tonight. Now it's time to act upon the word of God. It's time for somebody to decide to get outside of yourself and just lose yourself in some praise and see what God might do. I wonder if we could reach the place in this sanctuary tonight where we got in one mind and one accord and God would just fill this house. Somebody's got a breakthrough tonight. Somebody's got a breakthrough that's waiting on you tonight. Somebody's got a victory here tonight. Somebody's got a deliverance. And it's just a praise away. I'm not trying to be unkind, but I see some of you, and you're going back into your comfort zone of prayer. It's not time for a prayer. It's time for a praise. It's time for a praise. I know some of you already have, but I wish a few more of you would just get out of your seat. Get out of the row that you're on. Get out in the aisle. And why don't you just play before the Lord a little bit? Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. Come on. I believe there's some fruitfulness in this sanctuary for somebody tonight. I believe there's some barren wombs that the Holy Ghost wants to open up tonight. But it's not by coming to this altar and another prayer meeting. It's about getting yourself lost in praise. I bless your name. I bless your name. I bless your name, Lord. I bless your name from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The name of the Lord is to be praised. 
bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, be made known in our praise, God. Be made known in our praise. Be made known in our praise. Make yourself known. Make yourself known in our praise. Hallelujah. 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 Praise ye the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to I want you to clear out this front for a minute. You don't have to go back to your seat, but I want this front clear. To trace you and the praise singers come. Singers and the musicians are about to come and they're getting ready to sing. Here's what I want. If you're in this place tonight, you need a breakthrough. You need a healing. You need a deliverance. You need something from God. In just a moment, don't, don't come yet because I, I want to make sure you, you, you don't think I'm tricking you. Because you're not going to come down here and we're not laying hands on anybody tonight. We're not praying for anybody. If you come down here and lay on hands on somebody, you're out of order. Because what I'm going to ask you to do in a moment, if that's you, you need a breakthrough. You need a healing. I believe there's healing in this place tonight. Physical and spiritual, emotional, whatever. And I'm going to ask you to come down here and they're getting ready to sing. And as they sing, I want you to get lost in praise. And I believe that before you get done tonight, it may not happen the first moment. It may not happen the first few times through the song. But if you will make up your mind, I'm just going to lose myself. I'm going to forget what anybody else does or does not do. I'm going to forget about a Michael that may be sitting up in a window judging me. And I'm just going to lose myself. Then in response to your praise tonight, God is going to cause some chains to fall off. 
and some prison doors to open up. And there's going to be some ambushments that are going to be sent against some things in your life that have been warring against you and battling against you. There's going to be some barrenness that's been in your life that God is going to bring about some fresh fruitfulness in your life. So, if you're going to come and praise and worship and not just give it lip service and go through the motion, then I want you to come down here. We're getting ready again. I know I just inter- interrupted praise, but it hadn't gone anywhere. But we're getting ready to enter back in. And I believe that there's going to be some people that leave this place tonight And there's going to be some things that change in your life as a result of your praise. Hallelujah.
gonna do one more thing. We've done this before in different settings, different contexts, but we're gonna do it tonight. The Bible says that for six days, the children of Israel marched around the city of Jericho one time a day in silence. And then on the seventh day, they marched around seven times. And at the end of that seven time, seventh time, there was a trumpet that blew. And when the trumpet blew, they were given the instructions not to pray, not to intercede, not to ask for anything, but to give a shout. And the Bible says that at the sound of that shout, the walls begin to fall. I believe with all of my heart, God's already done a whole lot here. This is not about what God hasn't done. This is not about that we haven't done anything. So please understand that. I just feel led that we just need to join together in one more time and give that shout of praise. And I just believe in addition to what's already happened in this place tonight, there's just going to be one more level of something that's going to break in this place tonight, that it's going to break in the lives of some individuals, but there's also going to be some things that break collectively. So as we've done many times before, on the count of three, I'm asking you with whatever you've got left, and I know a bunch of you have given just about all you have, but one more time, with everything we can come up with to give the shout of praise. That word shout, I looked it up the other day. I, I, I think if I remember correctly, it means to split the ear or something. It, it, the word split is in there. And so I believe that in just a moment when we shout, there's going to be some things that are going to split. There's some things that have already broken here tonight. There's things that already changed, but there, there's just one more level that I believe God has for us here tonight. So with whatever you've got left and as much as you can do, on the count of three, give it whatever you've got left. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Come on, there it is. Some of you are getting what you've been waiting on right now. There it is right now. There it is right now. There's your breakthrough. There's your deliverance.
Rabahaya, Ilomo Shata Rabahaya. would happen if we decided to not just keep this limited to a church service and I wonder what would happen in your house if you started finding a few minutes every day just to decide to have yourself a little praise session in your house, to just have yourself a little breakthrough in your house, just to get yourself lost a little bit. Go in the basement, go in the bedroom, shut the door where nobody can see you, but just decide to take what is here and bring it into your home. Hallelujah. My, my, my. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can remain standing, do what you want to do. Ushers, if you'll come, make a couple of announcements. We're going to take our offering, and then I'm going to let you go unless somebody just decides to break through again. We'll see. Let me give you a little something to shout about. This morning in Pinewood Village after service, after service and a gentleman come in and receive the Holy Ghost after church this morning University of Maryland had somebody get the Holy Ghost in their service this morning how about we give God a little bit of thanks for that hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. You know what, if, we, if we're going to take our time to come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night, care group, whatever it is, we might as well just make the most of it when we get there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This Saturday, February 18th, is Chosen United Evangelistic Service, 6 p.m. This is for ages 13 to 30. Following the service, there will be a French fry bar and a brownie bar. If you don't feel something during the service, you ought to feel something then. $5 a person, guests are always free. 
Next Sunday, next Sunday night is Antioch United, 6 p.m. Antioch North, Antioch West will be joining with Antioch Central, and we will all be Antioch. Hallelujah. Praise God. The following Saturday evening at 6 p.m., Saturday the 25th, will be our corporate evangelistic service with Brother David Smith, encouraging those of you that can to come be a part and bring somebody with you that God can touch and fill with His Spirit. God did great things in our service a couple of weeks ago with Brother Smith on Saturday night, and we look forward to more this month. Amen. Also coming up in March 24th and 25th is our annual marriage seminar. Dr. Daniel Blass, who was with us in November, spoke at the ladies' conference and then came and preached for us on Sunday, will be our speaker. It's $25 a person, $40 a couple. Registration will be opening this week. You will get an email. If you're not on the email list, you need to get on there. There will be a link for registration. You can contact my wife if you need more information on that. And then this Thursday night, the meeting that was supposed to happen um, two Thursdays ago that we had to postpone for those that are involved in uh, music ministry, whether you're a musician or a singer, if you are a part of any daughter work, Sunday mornings, music, or if you're a part of Sunday night, and again, singers, musicians, uh, following offering on Thursday evening, there will be a meeting for you. This also includes church chosen worship. Um, and if you are interested in being a part of Sunday night or Thursday evening, singing, playing an instrument, um, or if you're interested in the chosen worship, it will be for you as well. You must be at least 13 years old and you are attending. If you are attending and you are between 13 and 17, your parents must attend the meeting as well. Contact Angie Wright for details. Saturday morning, the 25th. Um, Arnold is sponsoring um, some boxed lunches, putting together some boxed lunches and then go out into the community and be a blessing to some folks. If anyone wants to join with us for that effort, it will be at 9 a.m. We need help um, with this effort. You can contact Brother Kevin or Sister Amy Trader there at Antioch West tonight for a baby dedication, but you can contact them if you need more information. Also, this Wednesday, there's prayer this Wednesday. Um, we realize that with the way the calendar works, it may not be first, second, third, fourth every time. But uh, So this week, prayer on Wednesday night for those of you that can come or if you signed up for this Wednesday. We're asking you to be here at 7 p.m. for a time of prayer joining together. Also... Um, especially if you are a to all licensed ministers, uh, whether that's UPCI or AML. Um, all congregation leaders have already been reminded of this, but March the 4th, Saturday morning, March the 4th at 9.30 a.m., there is a leadership meeting for all uh, our daughter work elders and uh, licensed ministers, corporate ministers, uh, ministry leaders with Bishop uh, Wright. Um, something else. I haven't forgot you, Mike, but there's something else I'm trying to. I also do want to mention, uh, I think we had mentioned Sunday night. Yes, we did. But in our Glen Burnie service last night, the pastor 
of the church where we are renting our for our service on Saturday evening was with us as a part of that service and uh, we were thrilled to have her and believe that she was touched by the presence of God and we were appreciative of her being with us amen I still feel like I'm missing something else um, so while I try to think of that somewhere currently right now right under a seat someone has a sticky note and if that is you I have a box of chocolate covered strawberries oh hallelujah nobody's finding it I'm starting to feel that I'm going to lay hold on it oh My, my, my. If you purchased chocolate-covered strawberries to support campus ministry, they are available in the back for pickup. And there is also five extra boxes, a dozen per box, Available. If you did not order or if you decide you want to get one tonight, there are five extra boxes. Listen, if you've never had chocolate-covered strawberries, strawberries, folks, you're eating fruit. You are eating fruit. You can't get much better than eating fruit with a little bit of chocolate on it. My, my, I feel another praise coming on. They're in the back. I know a bunch of you have ordered. Uh, I know an email was sent out, but I will echo on behalf of campus ministry their thanks for all that participated. You guys sold 40-something, right? 50 dozen chocolate-covered strawberries. And uh, going to be a great blessing to our campus ministry throughout Antioch and their efforts in reaching the lost. Praise God. Amen. Ushers, would you come? Would you stand? I know that we have worshipped ourselves to death tonight, but can we worship in our giving as we close out this service tonight?
Jesus, the name of the name of Jesus. Oh. 